Saturday morning. Welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and man, it's a hot one out there. Much better than last week. I was kind of in the doldrums of rain and Memorial Week and kind of not in a great mood, but now it's hot. I'm not too happy about that, but Man, the yard is packed, and customers have been just coming in and shopping like crazy. Despite the heat, yesterday was very busy in the garden center, and uh, the plants are holding up actually quite well. Our, our our summer crops are pushing on very, very quickly. Fresh material and fresh varieties are coming on, uh, so something new coming into the greenhouses every single day. We just got a fresh shipment of six packs in so if you were in earlier in the week and we were kind of blown out of inventory uh they have arrived our vegetables and uh annual six packs have come back into stock and uh they'll be getting them out on the benches today uh so if you're in scarborough or kennebunk the plants will be arriving sometime today we'll be shipping those out uh let's face it it's june it's perennial month, and uh, we're going to be talking with Jim Massey, nursing manager from uh, Estabrooks in Yarmouth, and we'll be talk to him, talking with him about uh, plants he likes, plants he loves, and uh, things that are looking great in the yard. Uh, he's in the studio here with me today, and uh, we'll be talking a little bit more. But boy, those weeds are growing in the in the gardens, and last night I was out cultivating in my garden. Uh, I did mow the lawn for the second time last night, and uh, I am catching up on things. Uh, it was 8 o'clock last night. The sun was going down, and I am out there with my trusty hoe from my grandfather and and uh, working on, on cultivating all those weeds in my beds. And, and I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about how on a hot day it's good to do that. Uh, it's a nice organic way to kill your weeds, uh, big or small. If you can just get the soil off of them, they will expire during this hot weather. So just cultivating, getting those roots exposed, and then the plants will wither right away within a few hours. So doing that last night you know, or first thing this morning, don't do it in the hot part of the day if you can help it. Uh, you know, Have a mojito instead. Uh, enjoy yourself. Uh, come into the garden center maybe after after the mojito or no before the mojito uh but come on in and shop and uh you know i i want to kind of put a little bit of spin on how far ahead we're working for all of you folks this past couple weeks we've been sticking our mum cuttings so we're already planning for fall now, I know spring has just begun, but we're always a season ahead at Estabrooks. Our production facility is always one season ahead. So we're sticking all our mums and asters and, and all our fall crops uh, to start growing them. So to give you an idea of how far ahead we are, fall is on its way. We'll be planting up those big pots and growing them on in the next few weeks. But the cuttings are started. They're under the mist system and, and rooting and uh, looking absolutely wonderful. Um, vegetable garden, I still haven't got there. So all you folks that are feeling behind, it's not a problem. You're going to be just fine. And, uh, let's face it. It's a nice day out there. Uh, I was looking in my perennial bed last night and, uh, my perennial hibiscus that usually doesn't come up until probably mid June had popped its head up. There was three or four nice little breaks coming out of the ground. This uh, beautiful warm weather, 80s and 90s here for three or four days, has really pushed plants all along. 
unfortunately, the lilacs have really taken a beating. Uh, in the last day or two, the lilacs are really passing. Uh, it's very unfortunate we didn't get to enjoy them as long as I might have liked, but we had a pretty good season with lilacs. So now's the time to start thinking about pruning those lilacs uh, and putting some lime around them if you're having a, a tough time with them blooming. But let's talk some perennials. And we're going to bring Jim Massey in. Jim, how are you? Good. How are you, Tom? Thanks Good. for having me. Uh, perennial month. It's June. Oh, it is just popping out there, isn't it? I mean, um, you know, iris color and awesome, you know, just really, the rain has really pushed out the green and everything. It's really exciting times. So. Yeah. The heat, you know, we had great rain, obviously. Right. I was kind of a little down memorial you know yeah it's tough yeah. to work in this industry and come into that pouring rain on a saturday yeah, memorial absolutely <laughs> yeah and you you always know that that rain is going to push out great things but while you're working in it and moving around in it and it seems, seems a little bit uh like it's never going to happen but then that sun pops out you mm-hmm. know and everything is just you know the green has come out of the atmosphere all that um all that push you know it's very it's a, exciting it's, yeah. it's amazing to me how two or three days of warm weather has changed. The yard is just exploding with yeah, blooms. Absolutely. What are some things that are just going crazy? Well, um, you know, clematis buds are really popping right now. Those vines tend to take a little while to look like something. It's always exciting to see that happening. Um, you know, we have uh, lots of dianthus are popping right now. Mm. Um, you know, great scent, good foliage color. Um, and, you know, peony buds in people's gardens as well as in the nursery are really at that critical stage, you know. And, and let's talk a little bit yeah. about peonies because yeah. we've had a lot of people that have had problems with peonies. Right. Yeah. Like buds blighting off and, right. and, and some blackening. What yeah. what typically is going on with that? Well, you know, it's a challenge with, like, the humid weather. As the weather, um, you know, gets to that humid factor, sometimes peonies, um, you know, if they're heavily mulched or if there's too much mulch over the crown, um, they're really susceptible to fungal injury, especially, mm-hmm. you know, with all that, you know, eight days of, you know, rain. I might right. be exaggerating a tad, but it <laughs> felt like, you know, a month of rain. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, you know, so that's kind of, you know, stressful on that plant. That's That plant is a really awesome plant that's been around. Peony's been around for a long, long time. I know that my, my meme um, uh, had peonies and she never did anything in the garden. Every year they came up. We never divided them. You know, right. it's a really tough plant. So a lot of times, you know, they're a little loved too much, mm-hmm. you know. So we compost them and fertilize them. And, you know, that's great for a plant in struggle. But a, a lot of times, you know, what I think is um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it sometimes, yep. you know. So, um, you know, peonies tend to want to kind of do their thing, dry out a little bit, you know, after they're established and kind of, you know. They take care of themselves. But. Usually like a, a copper sulfate spray yeah, or something that, like that. Yeah, exactly. If you're having an issue, so what you know, what we can think about is maybe we're over, you know, um, caring for them. Mm-hmm. And also then we can take care of any anything um, until they lean out a little bit more with like a copper spray. Usually it takes care of it, yeah. And, and let's talk about peony rings or, or staking of some sort. You know, that's always like, you know, people are like, ha, ah, I, I got to do right. something. Yeah, and, you know, and... Like you said, in your yard, you're, you might be a little behind, you know. Um, let's just say that, you know, in my yard, I'm a little behind, <laughs> too. So sometimes I don't always get the hoop onto the peony at the pr- critical moment. But the critical moment is when that plant is, you know, like three to four inches tall. But 
Um, you know, some of the growth supports that we use, they have like a grid pattern in mm -hmm. them, which I prefer mm -hmm. if I can get the ring onto the plant in a timely manner. Right. Um, but some of those rings, you know, are really open at the top. So um, if you're a little tardy in getting your peonies staked, you know, it's a little bit easier to get those propped up um, with that big opening. Right. Um, I am kind of old school sometimes, and I will use bamboo stakes and stake each stem individually. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's a it's a look that I prefer, um, like I say, but I live in the uh, the real world and right. not the ideal world. So, right. Yeah. Uh, this is a call in show, folks. <laughs> so if you'd like to uh, call in, call seven seven five thirteen ten or eight seven seven three nine three eighty two fifty five. Jim will be with us the whole show. Uh, if you have questions about perennials, trees, shrubs. You name it, we can answer it. Or if we can't answer it, we'll figure it out and call you back or, or whatnot. Um, but with with a lot of these perennials in, mm -hmm. in the nursery, you know, timing can be a little bit different than what it is in the actual garden. So we want to kind of talk oh, a little yeah, bit yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you mean like timing in the nursery, like things are looking in color now? Right. Rather in the, yeah. Well, in the nursery, um, you know, we're growing things in greenhouses, so they're a little bit, you know, a little bit more advanced than typically in the landscape. Um, not all plants, you know, fit that format. Right. Um, so, uh, so it's it's kind of nice to to have that preview of what's going to be in color in the next, you know, couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I think it's mm -hmm. a great way to um, look at it and. Also in the nursery, you know, coming in, you know, a little bit more often is um, beneficial just so when you are shopping for plants, um, you're not picking everything that's always just in flower. If you only come into the nursery in the spring, for mm. perhaps, or early spring, you're only going to get a selection of plants. Maybe if you're buying flowering plants that are only going to bloom in that season. Right. You know? Right. So, um, you know that early plant gives us a preview of what's coming up in the next week or two in the landscape. Usually. Right. And I yeah. think it's important for folks yeah. to understand, ask. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. ask, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. hey, right. this is great. Is there another variety that blooms later? Absolutely. You know, that yeah. will complement mm -hmm. this right. after it's mm -hmm. done blooming or what are some companion right. plants to, you know, say you, you love foxglove right. and foxglove are just amazing in the yard right, right. now. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What would complement them? Right. You know, right. whether it be for structure mm -hmm. or texture right. or, you know, uh, what would complement them in right. height later. Right. You know, right. Um, because we have a lot of plants that aren't in bloom in, in the nursery, too, that right. people walk right by. Yeah. And, you know, kind of having a color scheme of, you know, kind of people usually have a basic color scheme. So that's kind of what I love to do with a customer is ask them, you know, you know, how do you feel about this color with that or... You know, and then we get a sense of where we really need to go in the in the in the perennial yard. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, texture is always a always a great addition to colors. So. Yeah, I think texture is something that, and we talked last week a lot about mm -hmm. ornamental grasses, for right. instance. You yeah. know, and the texture and and how they come on late fall, right. but they really do add a lot this time of year. They're coming mm -hmm. up. Absolutely. You know, yeah. uh, I have some big miscanthus floridus, yeah, right. and they're probably about two feet right now right. already, right, right. and I have not cut the old stalks off of them yet. Um, I just haven't had time. Um, oh. <laughs> I was out there last night weeding, going. I oh, wish yeah. I had my pruners <laughs> with me, that. you know. Yeah. Uh, but they're exploding out of the ground, which right. is giving a, a nice, new, different texture. The rain and the heat. Oh, they mm -hmm. love it. Yep. They love it. Um, but ferns 
oh, you know, yeah. are, are a big one. Uh, yeah. You right. know, what else gives some really good texture that typically people don't really think of as texture? Well, I mean, you know, you have plants like Russian sage that, you know, bloom really late in the season, but they add that great, you know, white ghostly stem, you know. Um, I think astilbes, before they're in, in color, you know, um, right. are really great foliage texture for shade. Um, you know, a lot of the geranium foliage now has really good, you know, good substance to it um, mm-hmm. compared to older varieties. You know, rosin is a geranium that we all know, but... That one has great textural interest, I think. An unbelievable bloom. Yeah, I mean, it's got kind of a couple of things going for yeah. it. Um, so, um, but I love like the ladies' mantles for mm-hmm. texture. I mean, there's a couple different varieties of ladies' mantle. There's a dwarf one and a you know the larger one that we that we are pretty familiar with. But um, those add a lot of great texture yeah. and understory. Yeah. A little bit of dew or water on that. Yeah, it's very very Absolutely. attractive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But um, salvias, they all have their, you know, they they hold certain moisture, you know, just like the, you know, all these plants have textural leaves that kind of hold moisture. So that kind of adds to the layer, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies. But wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows Maine soil, Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the Independent Garden Centers of Maine at maineigc.com. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. You know those people in your neighborhood with the great garden? If you look closely, they're probably using plenty of perennial plants. And when it comes to perennials, gardeners agree. Esther Brooks is the place to go for the very best. All perennials and ground covers are now 20% off at Esther Brooks and Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. So now is the perfect time to visit and get started. Plant a few today. You'll notice the difference immediately. And so will your neighbors. To learn more, visit EstherBrooksOnline.com. Esther Brooks for the joy of gardening. When it comes to a stylish home, your garden is the ultimate accessory. There's no better way to dress it up this season than with Hort Couture Tropicals and Annuals from Estabrooks. 
These chic and stylish selections are brand new this year and offer exotic blooms and foliage that have never been seen before in Maine gardens. A fun and fashionable garden is just moments away with Hort Couture, now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Back to the Joy of Gardening by Astrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. On this beautiful Saturday morning, sun shining, a little bit of haze out there, but uh, man, what a nice orange sunrise we had this morning uh, doing the radio show. That's one of the positives uh, that I get on Saturday mornings. Uh, standing in my driveway this morning uh, and heading out to the car, and I just had to stop in that orange sun was just coming up over the tree canopy and just a brilliant orange just like the nice orange leaves you see in fall uh just an amazing amazing sunrise this morning a little bit of haze out there uh, it's going to be hot and humid today but uh it'll be cool at estabrooks because there's all kinds of cool plants and we're talking with jim massey uh, nursery manager at estabrooks in yarmouth and we're talking hot plants for 2013. Well, I wanted to thank you, Tom, for helping me see the day today. <laughs> I really, um, getting up early, that was an extra, extra bonus. Yeah, yeah, we've been working a couple hours, so, you know, what's yeah, a couple more, right? Absolutely, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so hot perennials, I mean, you know, I really am excited this year about all the Coreopsis. We were just talking about, you know, foliage texture and all that, and, you know, um, the the new varieties of Coreopsis, they have excellent foliage, mm. um, lots of different textures in that foliage. They've really improved um, that in the plant as well as that flower. Um, few varieties, um, you know, Mercury Rising um, is a really interesting, popular variety this year. Nice um, red flower, um, Zone 5 Hardy. Um, there's also a beautiful variety called Cosmic Evolution, which is it starts out in, with a white flower. As the cool temperatures come, you know, it has, you know, some purple in it, which is really mm. nice. Um, so there's a lot going on in that, you know, the foliage, part of the world. I think, is something that on the Coreopsis yeah. that people, you know, everybody knows Moonbeam. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. got that real yeah. fine still foliage, plant. Yeah. wonderful plant. Yeah, absolutely. Cut it back, it yeah. comes back and rebooms. Yeah. We still sell a lot of them. Absolutely. Yeah. But a lot of these new ones have wide foliage. Yeah. They have different textures. Mm-hmm. They have a very similar habit in a lot of ways. Yeah. Get yeah. that very open, yeah. kind of wispy look. Mm-hmm. Very cool flowers. Lots different. of color in the foliage. Like purple, some of one of um is called Dream Catcher, which has mm-hmm. this kind of purpley color under underneath the green which is really kind of striking when you put it with a yeah definitely if you come into the nursery yeah. take a look at, yeah. at that bench because right. it's ever changing mm-hmm. uh there is an evolution on that bench for sure yeah right you know yeah. uh, and we don't have all varieties necessarily available at all times right That's we kind of keep the ones that look the best right so if you go to our website mm-hmm. you know don't hesitate to ask if yeah. we don't have it on the bench because mm-hmm. we may have it out back. Mm-hmm. So if there's specific things you're looking for, always right. ask. We also can take what we call request sheets. Yes. You know, talk a mm-hmm. little bit about that. Well, nursery requests, I mean, you know, sometimes there's a few gaps in, you know, our selection just because, um, you know, stock comes in at different times or a crop isn't quite where we want it to be. 
So we take a nursery request, um, we get the information uh, about the plant if we don't have it in that moment, and then we can get back to you and let you know what if we can find something that we haven't grown or um, you know what the time frame would be just generally. Yeah, so. yeah and it's just that, folks. It's a request. Right. It doesn't mean you're committed to an order no. or anything yeah. like that, you know, and it's not an order. Right. You know, to be very specific, right, right. it's not an order. Well, you know, unless we can fill it, we'll call you and talk to you about it and, right. and fill an order. Yeah, and it's great to, for for us to, you know, we're um, like busier than one-arm wallpaper hangers, and we want to <laughs> help everybody, but sometimes I need a reminder. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, I need a reminder, and that is great to help me out and make sure that I'm taking care of everything I need to take yeah, care anytime, of. Yeah. Anytime you're yeah. looking for anything, and, and we don't just – throw those out i mean we keep those for like right. over the winter i'm not having the success season. right if i'm not finding a plant or having success with it i keep it in my folder and if that plant pops up i will call and say were you able to find this you know i have i've been able to find it or right. what have you this is the status Absolutely. and it also spurs us to look at the plant whether we should grow it or exactly. you know if a right. bunch of people mm-hmm. are, are asking right. about it yeah you know it it, it helps us so mm-hmm. if you have some plants in your garden that you love that we don't have we want to know about those right too. absolutely you know because yeah. obviously they're thriving in your yard they'll do well in our climate and if if that's the case then mm-hmm. you know we'll take a look at them and see if we need to put them into our line gardening you're always on a learning curve you know so the more input i think the better absolutely off you are, so. um and that's what our website's about now right let's talk about some other exciting yeah. stuff for 13 well you know there's a kind of um there's a plant called red hot poker that mm-hmm. is kind of uh been elusive to us in maine for a while i mean i grew some plants in the early 90s mm-hmm. to limited success so i'm kind of excited to see that plant coming back um they've improved the plant for hardiness um there's one called first sunrise um there's a popsicle series pineapple popsicle mm-hmm. um so we have a couple of those varieties. I think we have three varieties this year. Um, the two that I just mentioned, and one that's escaping my my memory right now, but uh, it's another orange. But uh, you know, they've improved the, the texture of the plant, the stature of the plant, and the bloom potential. Yeah, that's and the, big the hardiness is you know a little bit better as well. So for people that want to you know have a nice warm spot in the yard, that want something a little new, that want to give something new a try. Um, those are kind of exciting to me right now. And number Bright more, summer colors. Talk know. to me about soil conditions for this plant. Well, that plant is like the freely drained soil. Um, sunny conditions, ideal. Um, it really, once it's established, thrives on neglect, you know. So, um, you know, a sandy soil but in a protected site would be, you know, would be ideal. So great. Coastal areas, Great you know. in Scarborough and Cannibal. Right. And it, well, I, yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't say this plant would want clay soils, you right. know. I mean, it would really want a freely drained, you know, situation. Yeah. So hot and dry, Similar folks. to Coreopsis, actually, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and very similar texture-wise would go well together. Absolutely. You know, yeah. uh, and mm-hmm. different bloom times. Right. It has a grassy-like foliage. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as looking to summer, you get a more summer color palette in that mm-hmm. plant, you know, with a grassy foliage, which seems to, you know, make everything make Absolutely. Sense, yeah. Yeah. Hosta. Yeah. Hosta. Hosta. We've got a, there's just, they just come keep coming out with more of them, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, we've got a great selection right now. Um, there's some really interesting varieties. Uh, we, there's a cathedral windows, for instance, which is kind of a larger leaf with lots of good coloration on it. Um, you know, there's never going to be a shortage. And um, just re- great uh, 
everywhere from you know green foliage to blue to white and green stripes and different variations of those that we've seen in the past. And our hosta crop is behind. It's not quite ready yet. Yeah, it's not <clears throat> quite flushed out as much as you know yeah, yeah i mean we were hoping for june first right right mother nature is helping yeah. us the last two or three days exactly but i right, think it's right, going right. to be mid to late june we've got right. a lot of varieties and we'll be talking right. more about that folks when they're when they're ready because there's yeah. some really cool yeah varieties in there yeah absolutely um yeah. you know we've got some really interesting neat varieties on the bench now but Mm -hmm. when they're really ready we're going to talk about some of these that are amazing they're in the greenhouse they're not quite rooted yet but i just wanted to let everybody know that we are going to have a unbelievable selection for summer um which i think makes it a a big big difference because hosta can be somewhat boring at times now well yeah but also in that summer you know in the shade garden in the summer you know you don't have a lot going on so you really have to rely on those old standbys which host is one of them for texture you Mm -hmm. know texture and and visual you know um diversity in the foliage color so um that's kind of makes sense yeah and some of these are striking yeah absolutely striking yeah what else we got well you know sun perennials i mean moving back from uh, from shade to sun um penstemon dark towers is a plant that i really it really looks really great right now dark you know beet uh beet red foliage Mm. um the flower has improved from a more whiter uh, white flower there's a variety called husker red which is an old standby great plant this one um is similar to that the stems are a little bit sturdier on it and also um they're kind of a light lavender color so again you have everything going on in that plant from top to bottom between flower you know um stem color it's got a great red stem and mm. great foliage texture so yeah i mean that that one in the greenhouse right. was a showstopper early right you know in the greenhouse before we could even sell these plants you know you walk into the greenhouse and right they were down in the middle of the house and yep. it just drew you right down right. The house. what right. is this this is cool yeah. um and and easy to bloom yeah, um, very easy to grow. You know, Husker's Red we used forever. Exactly. It's still specked. It's yeah. still a great plant. Right. This is just an improvement. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, other combinations with that plant, I think, you know, you'd want to look at maybe like a Nepeta. Um, you know, the cat mints. There's mm-hmm. one that's kind of exciting called uh, Little Trudy, mm-hmm. which is a short stature plant, 8 to 10 inches tall, gray foliage, aromatic foliage, blooms all summer long. Um, there was a variety blue wonder, which is another, yep. you know again an old standby, great plant. Um, this has a little finer foliage, so it's just another you know variation on a theme, and it's nice to have some some low yeah, options. Something a little tighter, a little right. somebody has a small garden might be better choice. Right. And that little lavender blue flower in combination with you know like that penstemon, mm-hmm. I think, and they're actually in the yard um, in Yarmouth. They're displayed kind of close together so you instantly get a read on you know how that would work yeah yeah but um yeah so you know i'm all excited about delphinium too you know there's a million of them there's a million but you know there's a variety right now on the bench um that's been a variety that i've known for a while but connecticut yankees Mm -hmm. and um it's a really much easier plant to grow than typical delphinium the foliage is different it's a shorter stature plant it never very rarely needs staking unless Mm. it's incredibly windy um comes in great clear white like sky blue and deep indigo blue colors um excellent plant 
Yeah. Uh, and and let's talk a little bit, you know, right. about we're gonna. Well, what I'll say is let's in the in in the show we're gonna talk a little bit about how to winter some of these tough perennials because okay. delphinium can be a little bit tough at times. Right. Yeah. You know they they command a certain conditions and whatnot. Right. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about that on how to overwinter some tough perennials and then other perennials that really like certain soils or, yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I would say on delphinium, mm-hmm. we have a huge number of varieties this year. You right. Know, and some of them get extremely tall. Correct. Yeah. Um, not all of them are out for sale right now, right. but the bud set that I've seen on some of these varieties yep. out back. And oh, yeah. What are some of these varieties that, you know... Well, Pagan Purples mm-hmm. is, a, is one that's got a really... Um, you know, big, it's a tall grower. It can be five to six feet tall. Um, these are New Zealand hybrid delphinium, so they're a, a reselected strain of the English delphinium that is bred more for um, disease and heat tolerance, so it's a better plant to grow in Maine. So if people are having mixed success with delphinium, it would be, you know, my go-to plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also uh, black-eyed angels, which is not as tall a variety. It's a double kind of white flower with a black bee. The center of that little flower they call a bee. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent grower, you know, as well in that series. It's always tough to get, you know, those taller growers in, in the garden, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Joe Pieweed, a lot of people right. use for exactly. that big, yeah. big grower. Mm-hmm. But these mm-hmm. delphiniums right. definitely going to need staking. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, you know they they it, they say that they don't, but you know I've I haven't had that experience. It depends on the situation, the wind, or how how richly they're grown, you know. But um, mostly, I I wouldn't uh, one windstorm and they're going to be down. So yeah. I I would stake absolutely. And yeah. on some of these bigger varieties, great for cutting. For absolutely, big, big accents. Yep. Great for cutting, know. and they're rebloomers. So usually with delphinium. The best thing about um, this is that if you cut them hard, really, um, if you cut the bloom off to almost to the ground the first time, they reshoot from the base, so you mm-hmm. have, you know, multiple flowers at, as the summer goes on too. Right. So right. the reblooming potential is awesome. This is a call-in show, folks. Seven seven five thirteen ten eight seven seven three nine three eighty two fifty five. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth-life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earth-Life Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. You know those people in your neighborhood with the great garden? If you look closely, they're probably using plenty of perennial plants. And when it comes to perennials, gardeners agree. Esther Brooks is the place to go for the very best. All perennials and ground covers are now 20% off at Esther Brooks and Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. So now is the perfect time to visit and get started. Plant a few today. You'll notice the difference immediately. And so will your neighbors. To learn more, visit EstherBrooksOnline.com. Esther Brooks for the joy of gardening. The best thing about lilacs is their amazing fragrance. 
The worst thing about lilacs is that it doesn't last very long. A very special lilac from Estabrooks is here to solve that problem. Bloomerang Lilac is a revolutionary new plant that provides that classic lilac fragrance for months instead of weeks by blooming in the spring and then again in the summer. This is one plant you need to smell to believe. See it in person at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. back to the joy of gardening i'm tom estabrook your host beautiful saturday morning we're here with jim massey nursery manager at estabrooks in yarmouth if you would like to call in or have a question it's 775-1310 or 877-393-8255 we're here till eight o'clock if you have any type of question don't hesitate to call we uh hopefully we'll have the answer i'm sure we will but we're talking uh, new and hot plants for 2013 that we have. And we'll also be talking about some underutilized perennials uh, and trees and shrubs maybe. And also uh, some underutilized annuals. And then we'll also kind of talk probably in the second hour, we're going to talk about how to winter some of those plants that are kind of tough. Um, maybe improve conditions. Uh, what type of soil types, making sure that you have the right conditions to winter some of these plants that are a little tender or just are, don't like certain conditions, right, Jim? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So what else do we have that's exciting? I mean, we've got so many new things this year. I, I, you know, on the show, I've talked a lot you know, about annuals. You know, We've got the horticulture stuff. We've got all this different stuff, but we just there's so much new i can't even wrap my head around it sometimes. yeah um you know that's the thing is that there's so many options um but uh the white flower farm line you know they really are groundbreaking trend setting with uh new introductions so that's a really strong um strong category for for garden centers um like us um dianthus mm-hmm. is you know I can't believe all the different foliage types and foliage colors and bloom potential of some of the new dianthus. Um, there's a the series that sticks out in my mind is the Super Trooper series. There's orange flowers. There's magenta and white flowers. Um, the varying ranges of scent in those plants as well. They've really improved, you know, some of the scent um, and. Uh, what do the you think? Bud set too. What do you think about using those in containers? Oh, I think they'd be great in you containers. Know. Yeah, even when they go out of flower. I mean, these these varieties are much tighter than the older varieties. Um, they also they send out a first set of flowers, first flush of flowers, and then behind that you can see your next generations. I was um, looking at plants with customers the other day, and I was just amazed at the bud set coming mm-hmm. up behind the. The first set of flowers um so i think that bloom potential in a pot especially mm-hmm. you know a hot sunny pot that you don't want to you know um ma- necessarily maintain as you know if you're not going to be around i mean right. they take abuse absolutely um after that flower goes by that foliage would be awesome mm-hmm. i think yeah mm-hmm. yeah so lots of different lots of different varieties there um white flower also they have there's uh echinaceas out right now you know the all those echinaceas um there's a green line (laughs) yeah there's green line and there's uh 
all these sombrero, you know, these uh, hot colors in that line. I mean, the, and they're improving the hardiness of those echinaceas as well. Mm-hmm. I think earlier we had um, some learning curves with some of the uh, echinacea hybrids, but we're starting to narrow it down, you know. so Yeah, I, that's been one of the perennial areas that early in the season you're not mm-hmm. going to find a huge right. variety list mm-hmm. you know in the nurseries yep, absolutely that is one that comes in in fits and starts yep. you know every week there's something new that uh, and we buy all our echinacea folks we don't grow them um, we buy them because there's such a wide array of varieties that right. we buy them when they're ready absolutely so if you go to our website and you see a specific one request sheet yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. when it is available, we will start ordering them in. Exactly, yeah. Um, but there's so many varieties. Mm-hmm. We want the ones that look the best consistently right. in the yard. Yeah. And also we want the nurseries to do the growing for us on that plant so that, uh, you know, they're not under irrigation. And, right. And they're doing yep. a much better it's job. It's so cold. And, and right. it's such a it's so cold in um, nurseries in Maine in the beginning. It's just... Uh, it's much better to keep that plant nice and warm and, um, yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. plant. So, yeah. A lot of echinaceas. Um, you know, 2013 has been kind of a, a, a busy year in the perennial yard, but mm-hmm. also annuals, underused annuals maybe, um, underused perennials, you know, maybe even some old standbys right. that, you know, just been kind of around for a while, but... We don't seem to sell that many because I think people don't know about them. Right. Well, you know, I think that sticking in the perennial the perennial arena, you know, when we were talking about shade plants earlier and mm-hmm. stillbees and foliage texture, you know, a lot of plants that get that get don't get a lot of attention um, in shade are like plants like colony, you mm-hmm. know. Um, that's a plant that's uh, turtle head, it's called. Right. Um, blooms in the shade, you know, blooms late in the season, July and August. It's tall. It gives you an alternative for bloom after a stilby has kind of, you know, going is kind of going out of flower. Um, you know, dark foliage. Great foliage. Yeah, it's a great structural element, you it's know. It's kind of almost a waxy foliage, you know, yes, shiny, absolutely. you know, yep. so it does give you a real different yep. look. Shiny, you know, it's very sturdy looking, easy to grow, um, handles moist soils, you know, uh, any soil it really handles. Versatile. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know... Another plant, too, that I think is uh, underplanted um, would be Jacob's Ladder. Um, we've got uh, a Bambino blue variety, you know, which is a short stature plant, has a long bloom time. The foliage is um, very divided, almost fern-like. Um, it's, it's a very attractive textural plant. And then you have a scented um, you know, lavender blue flower, which blooms for a really, you know, three to four week period in the shade, which I think is really Wonderful phenomenal. blue. Yeah. Blue flower. Yep. I mean, really a vivid blue in right, shade. Right. And then with foliage contrast with that, I mean, you could use that with a spider wort like um, Sweet Kate, mm. which was that lime green. It's a lime green grassy like plant or even Hakana Kloa, the, mm. the Japanese um, Hakone grass. You know, lime green with, you know, that blue flower. I mean, you know, yes. you really can't beat it. Sweet Kate um, is one that is just striking right now. Right. It's singing. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and and the foliage mm-hmm. is amazing. And yeah. even when it's not in flower, it really right. brightens up an area. Right. And I've, ta- you know, Jim gives me a hard time all the time. <laughs> 
Sorry, folks. It's yellow. Oh, my favorite yellow. color. Okay. Well, but it's lime. You know the the new plant. <laughs> the new plants will come off the truck, and Jim goes, "Oh, more yellow." Tom ordered more yellow. Well, <laughs> this plant is really um, okay. I guess it's got the yellow. The yellow. It uh, is more lime. It is more lime, yeah. and um, <laughs> you know it really strikes, and especially in more shade. You know, um, it really pulls that area out. So it's great in a mast, mast in an area where you can just let it go, or with you know ferns popping up through mm-hmm. it. You know, so um, excellent. You know, tool for the shade. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that, you know, going along with the lime theme in shade, you know, Philopendula aurea is another great little um, textural element, upright flower, white, uh, upright um, spike, white flower, lime green foliage. And what's the common name on that? Oh, sorry. Um, it's called Queen of the Meadow. Wow. Yeah. Queen of the Meadow. Yeah. Queen of the Meadow, and, and and that the, the yellow variety is really striking. Uh, you know the right. foliage yep, again, same type of thing, right. and good height. Right. You know, um, you pair that with blue hosta or big daddy hosta, which is a blue foliage. You know, you've really got. Let's talk about uh, mm-hmm. Actea or okay. Simicifuga, because okay, right. there's a little confusion around that. Right. Well, Simicifuga or bugbane or black cohosh. Um, that's the two you know, common names, uh, Simicifuga, Racemosa, and then all these varieties of that. There's mm-hmm. Brunette and Hillside Black Beauty and um, Chocoholic and, um, anyway, Pink Spires. Um, those are all dark leaf varieties. And then um, Taxonomists all get toge- got together, I guess, and had a few <laughs> drinks and started to change the names of, you know, you know some things. No. Uh, so now it's called Actea. So um, same plant. Different name. Right. So right. So we're just trying to keep up with that right you now. You know, the tough thing in our industry yeah. is <clears throat> all of these folks decide to change things because they're scientists. Right, right. And they train us for 10, 15, 20 years and then decide, well, let's just change this. Right. And so it takes a little time for, in our inertia, you will find it under Actea most times. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. But when we order it, it's under Semisifuga or some other type of name. So it gets kind of confusing. So if you see literature, you know, uh, do you know how it's listed? Is it listed both ways on our website now? Um, It's listed under Semisifuga, I believe. Yes. And um, we've still kept the old way. And sometimes, (laughs) right. And the thing about it is, is that Lucanthemum went through that a few years ago, you know, and so we kept it as Lucanthemum, right? Which is uh, Shasta Daisy, right? Sorry, and uh, we kept it as Lucanthemum, and then it it never stuck in the industry. They had changed it a few times, but um, they had tried. So we were hold held on to Lucanthemum, and it, it kind of stayed yeah, there. Sometimes for a while. the scientists change things and, and then they change them back. <laughs> so, or and sometimes we don't accept that change, and you know it's listed. It stays the same way in the trade. Mm-hmm. The name seems to say uh, the name stays. The same. So don't you know? I want to let all the folks yep. out there know it's not right or wrong either way right. at this point. Um, and when you go to search it online, sometimes it's confusing right. because you'll put a variety name in, like Hillside Black Beauty, mm-hmm. and it'll come up on a Google search with multiple genus and species. Right. And, you know, it, it probably is both are right. So, yeah. you know, our website, 
is a great tool. Um, Jim does uh, pretty much most all of the data entry on that and what the plants are, their descriptions, how we've seen them act in the in the landscape. Right. And uh, we use some of our references from our suppliers. Uh, yeah. But it's real information to me. Right. And the only the only thing is, is that with new varieties, you know, since we've been in the nursery business, you know, I've been in the nursery business instead of professional gardening, you know, for, you know, 15 years or so. Mm. Um, some of these varieties, you know, you have to grow them in your yard and we have to grow them in our yards to to see exactly how they perform. Mm. So some of the information on the site, you know, is garnered from a lot of different people I've talked to, right. you know, about right. the plant, because I don't have that personal experience. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. At Coast of Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. We are a call-in show 775-1310 877-393-8255 i have jim massey nursing manager of yarmouth here with me and uh we've been talking about perennials uh but we're gonna kind of switch it up a little bit here and we're gonna talk a little bit about uh some different annuals because uh, i you are involved a little bit on some annuals too i, <laughs> I have my hand in many many pots um well, you know, I, I really think that no 
garden is complete without annuals. Um, you know, a lot of people have been moving towards perennials as, you know, going to be lower maintenance. Um, but, you know, with perennials, the reality is, is they're lower maintenance in a way, but then you have to divide them. And, you know, sometimes annuals, you know, a little bit of um, immediate gratification and no commitment is, you know, where I am sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um you don't have to worry about, you know, taking care of it after the season. So, right. Um, but you can get a lot of a lot of drama for the season. A lot of um, even uh, some uh, screening from annuals. Uh, some of the taller growers, you know, mm-hmm. are great screening. Um, uh, one of the my favorites is a salvia, blue salvia called salvia uliginosa or swamp salvia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sky blue flowers. Um, excellent textural foliage. Um, it's a sage, so it has a scent to it, which kind of has a summer-type feel, blows in the breeze like a grass. Um, like I say, a sky-blue flower, which is really hard to come by in a plant. So, um, But in a large container, you know, um, you can really get deck screening out of that plant or, you know, so um, excellent plant. Um, that plant, you know, not all plants, not all the annuals I'm going to talk about are available in every location. We have a heavier selection in certain locations, so um, people should, you know, just make sure they're calling around. Yeah, and, some of these are only yeah. available in Yarmouth. Exactly, um, yeah. Just so everybody understands. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with Scarborough and Kennebunk, we have limited space. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. also, some of these are things that Jim buy specifically because he has specific customers that use them year in and year out right they are something like that salvia uliginosa Mm -hmm. it's a big plant it very very rarely blooms in the pot right um Mm -hmm. so you know to set it on a bench Mm -hmm. and it grow three or four feet (laughs) and it doesn't look good in a pot right 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 (laughs) so you know you need to know what these plants are so that is kind of why we're talking about some yep. of these yep. is to kind of gain some awareness and get some people to try some and also it's important for you to come to yarmouth oh yeah i mean uh selection is uh, huge a and, lot um right i'm a big person i need a really <laughs> big place to bomb around into so it's kind of a it's, a it's a great it's a great experience there um it's really a um eye-opening experience mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. um so you know, with those with those annuals, these specialty annuals, um, they're sleepers. You know, you just sometimes the color isn't right there at at your face. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit have a little bit more subtlety to them, um, which you know can be a benefit for for anybody. Um, you know, some of the flowering maples. There's a flowering maple in that in this uh, category called uh, Kristen's Pink, which is an awesome plant heat tolerant big giant pink flower kind of a hollyhock type of flower kind Mm -hmm. of a mallow flower look um you know 18 grows to about 18 inches is drought tolerant you know um excellent plant um you know we have the hort couture line which has opened up a whole other selection of really funky plants to us um there's a group of coleus called under the sea series um Lots of, you know, colorful, frilly petals, um, mm-hmm. you know, frilly petals. I mean, the leaves are frilly, almost divided on the ends. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it looks like coral. It does. Or, and, you, know, you know, sea anemones. Or, you know, it's amazing to me the texture that you can get out of as those a, plants. Yeah. As a small plant in the pot, I was really surprised. I right. was kind of looking at this plant going, I don't know. Right. You know. Right. But now with some heat and, and they've really kind of sized well, up and they've branched and they're really neat. Well, and, you know. When I saw them in the mixed baskets, the hanging baskets that we have, when they're mixed with, you know, orange begonia and all of all of those other plants, I mean, that combination really, you know, really shines. So yeah. um, excellent, excellent plant series. But um, and they're, you know, they're sun tolerant. Coleus used to be, you know, used to be more shade tolerant. Now they're improving them for sun tolerance, mm-hmm. too. So they can handle each variety is a little different. So, you know, again, touch base. Um, and uh, there's also fuchsia, a really cool fuchsia in that line called autumnalis, mm. which is not really a bloomer, but it has excellent, um, you know, it's what we call the spill in a container. You mm-hmm. know, the thrill, the fill, the spill. This is the spill. It kind of drapes over the edge. It has these beautiful textural leaves of like orange with like a yellow edge, mm-hmm. which is really striking for a summer display, I think. And uh, Again, texture in your container. Texture in your container, yep. right, absolutely. Yep, yep, and a couple flowers to for your thrill. Absolutely. Yep. You know, uh, I think there's so many different annuals that we could go over, mm. um, but we're going to wrap up the first hour here. It's amazing how an hour kind of passes <laughs> when you're here in the studio, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things. I do want to make sure we... If you have a question, don't hesitate to call in the second hour, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. In the second hour, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the problems with perennials. Uh, we'll maybe talk a little bit about lily leaf beetle uh, on on those Asiatic and Oriental lilies. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about Asian beetle um, because that's affecting perennials and annuals, um, many of your cemetery type things we'll talk about a whole bunch of different things uh in the second hour but we're also going to talk probably you know a bunch about plants and the right conditions to make them thrive you know some of the galardias and all those different plants that we've had a bunch of callers or questions about how to winter some of these things and what to do and what not to jim has a lot of experience with some of these plants on how to you know little tricks uh you know to make sure you have the right conditions make sure that everything's going to thrive for you and you know it's always important here in maine to have those little tricks So we're going to be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. And welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and we're here with nursery manager Jim Massey of Yarmouth. And uh, we've been talking about perennials and all kinds of fun things today. But uh, you can pick up this show uh, in many different ways. You can pick it up as a podcast. You can pick it up on our website at estherbrooksonline.com. You can also find it on Facebook, our Facebook page. We are almost to 1,000 likes, folks. So if if you'd like, like us, please. And... uh, 
We're uh, going to talk a whole bunch about a bunch of problems out there in the garden this second hour. If you have a question about something that's going on in your garden, uh, whether you're not sure about it or whatnot, please don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. And uh, we'll be here till 8 o'clock. Uh, second hour, first hour went quick, didn't it, Jim? <laughs> yes, sure did. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, Let's face it. We've got a bunch of different conditions for plants. Right. Uh, Maine is kind of one of those things. And, and in the Yarmouth store, it's kind of funny because at the top of the hill, it's sandy. Oh, right. In the yeah. middle of the property, it's beautiful loam. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom of the hill, it's marine clay. <laughs> so that kind of always signifies to me what basically Maine soils are like. Right. And we have very distinct ribbons throughout you know, Correct. Maine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have to prepare for a lot of different conditions. And sometimes customers do too much for their plants. Yeah. You know, So what are some of those things that, you know, we've got a lot of clients, obviously, that, right. you know, live at the beach. Yeah. Have very sandy, yep. sandy, sandy soils. soils yeah. You know, then we have many that are slightly inland that are marine clay. Right. You know, so... Um, you know, certainly there are certain plants like galardias and delaphiniums and yeah. foxgloves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a tough time wintering sometimes. So right. what do we need to do and and what well, type of conditions work best? Well, you know, sometimes you get a clue from the plant, which is, um, you know, my biggest tip, I think, is, uh, you know, usually fuzzy leaves or hairy leaves or scented leaves or plants that want to freely drain dry soil. They're going to bloom for a lot of the summer. You're, you're talking about the cat mints, the gallardias or blanket flowers, um, you know, uh, nepeta is the other name for cat mint or salvias, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, those plants are usually going to thrive in a warm, like a hot environment in dry or sandy soils. Um, you know, gallardia, um, for instance, you mentioned, which mm-hmm. is blanket flower, um, excellent plant, great, uh, great colors for summer, um, incredibly different variables in flower form um, and stature. Um, one called oranges and lemons, which I think is, you know, one of the best. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that plant can be challenging for people to overwinter. Um, these are perennials, but um, they sometimes in, uh, you know, richer soils, they can grow themselves to death. You know, they, they're so um, rich that they um, give everything they have to us the first season. And sometimes in a leaner soil or a sandier soil, um, they overwinter much better. Um, because uh, the the oxygenation in the soil and the percolation in the sand, you know, mm-hmm. so um, you know that ju- that's just the way that root is designed. So less is more sometimes mm-hmm. for some of those plants. Um, some of the more forgiving that, that I just mentioned would be salvia. You know, you see that plant, even though that plant will handle dry, sandy soils, it'll it'll handle um, the variabilities in clay soils as well. Um, but uh, it still can succumb to, you know, compaction in clay. That's the biggest issue with clay soils that I see is um, once you amend it and it's fluffy, but if there's any type of uh, movement around that plant, it really compacts the soil, and that can really cut down on the viability of anything like Gallardia or even a Salvia. Right, and, um, and in clay soils, you know, the product that we sell, soil Perfector yep, exactly yeah. um, works mm-hmm. very well. It mm-hmm. breaks up clay. Right. It breaks it up permanently. Permanent solution. And, yeah. and uh, 
I've seen excellent results in customers that mm-hmm. have used that yeah. product. It's a baked ceramic product, so it doesn't break down in the soil. Um, it adds porosity all the time, and that's the thing in clay soils. You're having, you know, the, the clay soils have a tendency to, the, the particulates of clay, they kind of um, wedge together, you know, and they form almost like uh, maple leaves that are wet. They don't degrade, and they... They stick together and form an impenetrable layer. So water and air just doesn't, doesn't move that through that as well. So when you can break that up with either a soil perfector or um, you know, a combination of soil perfector and sharp sand, mm-hmm. you know, that's very helpful. Yeah, it's important. You know, yeah. We can't just use any old sand. Right. You know, yeah. and, and and most customers don't understand that. That's why kind of this soil perfector mm-hmm. works very well. Mm-hmm. We're talking more like a green sand or something like right. that, exactly. which is a very yeah. old yeah. school kind of way of mm-hmm. going. We don't sell green sand anymore right. yeah. um, because this soil perfector works so well yeah. that, you know, you we limit keep it. reapplying. Right, yeah. right. Where green sand, you do need to keep right. kind of working it mm-hmm. into the soil. Yeah. Um, so... You know, what other plants typically do we have some some problems with? Well, you mentioned delphinium. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about delphinium in the first hour um, as well. But, you know, delphinium, they typically uh, succumb um, because of planting. Um, mm-hmm. Delphinium actually want to be planted a little deeper mm-hmm. um, when you put them in. And uh, if you can't, if you can stand it, they want to be cut back when they're put in the ground, you know. So you can use that first flower for you know an arrangement in the house and cut them back hard their first year and that helps that um, perennial that root system to perennialize a little bit more delphinium resist you know even the new varieties will resist the the humid um, springs that we're having I mean the test the last two days were testament to how warm it can get how quickly so Mm -hmm. sometimes with delphinium in first year they put more of their growth into green growth um, because of the warmth, and they don't really develop the root system that we really need to perennialize them. Mm-hmm. And so by forcing that plant to, by either cutting it back, for, forcing that plant to put in a root system is really where you want to be for the longevity of the plant. Um, they, they, they thrive in alkaline soils, so lime. Um, I would say that lime is a great component for the gallardias too. Um, so we have acid soils in Maine, so adding lime is uh, for some of these plants would be ideal. Even Russian sage, which is an easy grower, would appreciate that. Phloxes. Um, but uh, delphinium love lime, and they're heavy feeders. So um, if you add those, um, that, uh, all those factors, you, know, you can really have great success with perennializing them. And that's another uh, good point. You know, we had talked with... Uh, you know, our folks at Casella Organics about mm-hmm. Nutramulch and right. how that is raising pH in gardens Correct. and, and uh, yep. whatnot. So, yep. you know, using Nutramulch is, is a good factor. And and one thing I learned about Nutramulch mm-hmm. that didn't really, I didn't really grasp mm-hmm. fully was once the temperatures get cold, mm-hmm. it actually, the fertilizing stops. stops that. It, yeah. it actually shuts down mm-hmm. the microbial action mm-hmm. and you won't feed your plants anymore so right. that was surprising right. uh, one concern i always have is indian summer we oh, always have right. that, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, right. so late 
That's that's a great point because, you know, talking about these plants, you know, and overwintering some of these plants, you know, Indian summer, some people are covering, you know, are trying to protect their plants and they're putting the covering on too early. You know, some plants do benefit and, you know, one of them from winter protection. Um, first season especially, plants do benefit from that. Uh, some of the Shasta daisies, you know, mm-hmm. would like to have some evergreen boughs or, you know, a light mulch put over the top of them for the winter. Um you know, uh, so, but when we, when I say winter, I'm talking early December. Right. And so not in the end of November because, uh, or even mid-November sometimes, because we get some really warm weather rolling, rolling up in the end of November and, um, you can really sweat the crowns of your plants. It's a great way to reuse your Christmas tree. That's right. Exactly. You know, if we have an open winter, folks, you know, it's a great way, go Cut off some of the mm-hmm. limbs. Yes, right. they're dry, right. but there's still good protection yeah. over right. over some of your plants. Right. So if we do have an open winter, right. uh, you know you can use some of those boughs. Um, right. We obviously always sell boughs in yeah, November, yeah. Right. so they're easy to pick up. Right. Or you know you may have some some right. branches that are broken off the pine tree, or mm-hmm. or uh, and we're very you know. rarely you know we very very rarely get snow in the you know in, until really after Christmas, really deep snow anyway. Mm-hmm. Usually, so you know. You can you have quite a bit of time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really keeping that crown frozen, that perennial crown frozen through the entire winter. By, and by covering with evergreen boughs, you're really protecting that crown of the plant. Um, the plant I have in mind right now is butterfly bush. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people lose butterfly bush, um, and I always would protect mine. You know, around the base at least with evergreen boughs to keep that plant solidly frozen through the winter, so it's yep. not exposed to the elements and that freeze thaw cycle. Yeah, you're yeah. not alone, folks. If you lost your bur- butterfly bush, I yep. lost mine. Oh, really? Uh, it's not coming back. I looked at it last yep. night, and I kept saying, yeah, it's just been really cold. It's, yeah, right. You know, it's just been really cold. <laughs> always... That's the one plant that I seem to have lost this year. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just a roll of the dice. Uh, I I really did push that plant last year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I fertilized it extra. Yeah. It looked beautiful all summer. Right. And I, don't, I think I fertilized it a little too late in the season. Probably, and, you know. and you know, and then you have the variability. We had no, hardly any permafrost in the soil. You know, we didn't have. Um, it was a pretty warm, you know, freeze thaw, freeze thaw kind of kind of winter. So without those consistent cold, cold temperatures, I mean, it was cold, but uh, I thought it. I, I know by my oil tank, it wasn't as cold as it's yeah. been some winters. It was. You know? It was kind of extremes at times. Exactly. You know, which yeah. is not good at right. with plants. We'd rather have things stay consistently right. cold yeah. unlike the weather we're having outside <laughs> we'd rather have it moderately nice right. you know not three or four days of 90 degree weather right um if your plants are kind of withering a little bit you know definitely water probably mm-hmm. some plants may be perfectly wet and and they're wilting anyway right yeah hydrangea blue hydrangea or those or even some of the some of the um you know, uh, n- newly leafed out trees. Sometimes right. they're they're pushing out so much water in the foliage that when it's humid, they'll wilt anyway. But so sometimes you can get a false indicator mm-hmm. to help some of your plants. You know, you can mist the foliage down. Mm-hmm. That sometimes will help. Yeah. Um, you know, very important in these hot days. We want to be very cautious about 
um, you know, spraying any type of chemicals. Absolutely. Um, you know, we can burn very easily because those plants are oh. pushing so much growth. So, you know, if you need to take care of a problem, you know, we can early morning or late in the evening mm-hmm. uh, stay away from, you know, the hot part of the day. Uh, and that kind of leads us into... You know, we got some insects out there. Um, You know, things in this hot weather are growing and multiplying, dividing quickly, whether it be fungal or insects or or whatnot. These are the perfect conditions. Heat and humidity with rain on either Mm -hmm. side. You know, we got some thunderstorms hypothetically coming. You Mm -hmm. know, conditions for fungus are just perfect. Right. Um, So get out there and inspect your plants. You know, powdery mildews might be starting on Mm -hmm. some of those flocks. Mm -hmm. What else do we have kind of, you know, going on out there? Well, with the long, you know, we have all this long growth. We have all this nitrogen out of the atmosphere and any fertilizing we might have done in the spring. You know, I noticed that I fertilized a few plants in my yard and then we had the eight days of rain and now I've got growth, you know, (laughs) really, really long growth. And You know, uh, I noticed, um, you know, on a couple plants, I have some aphids starting to come Mm -hmm. out, you know, and really they're timed perfectly with all this, you know, actively growing, um, actively growing tissue. So, um, you know, one one aphid can replicate itself to produce three million exact copies of itself. So um, with this with this heat. You know, um, you, you know, you've got an aphid infestation really quickly, and um, you know, so that's a that's something that I'm looking out for right now. Really, on the tips, like honeysuckle, right now, the vine honeysuckle. Mm-hmm. You know, in any active growth points, you know, sometimes they can cluster there or. Um, the flower buds, they always love always, right around right, the flower right around buds the bud, or, the or the tip of that new tip. growth. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. So it's pretty common for that to be happening right now. And um, so, uh, you know, a, a similar plant to aphid is spittlebug. You know, you'll see that somewhere out in the yard, those little, um, looks almost like spit on your plants with a little green guy inside. So some things to keep an eye out. And, um, yeah, so... Other things, you know, I would keep inspecting, you know, um, well, kind of a funny, funny uh, question we get every year is peony buds, you know, with the ants, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, ants are actually um, just eating the wax off the bud right now. So and they're taking it back to the nest. Um, they are also, if there are any pests along the way, they're probably going to take care of those. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, a lot of people would think that the ants help the buds open, which I think is kind of a, a really nice, uh, what we call urban legend. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We so, always have people, I've got ants all over my peonies. What am I supposed to be doing? Right. Relax. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. They're just there eating the wax. They're going to move on. And to it helps them to open. Else. Yeah, yeah, you know. absolutely, sure. So, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we have a caller on the line when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You know those people in your neighborhood with the great garden? If you look closely, they're probably using plenty of perennial plants. And when it comes to perennials, gardeners agree. Esther Brooks is the place to go for the very best. All perennials and ground covers are now 20% off at Esther Brooks and Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. So now is the perfect time to visit and get started. Plant a few today. You'll notice the difference immediately. And so will your neighbors. To learn more, visit EsterBrooksOnline.com. Esther Brooks for the joy of gardening. 
If you think a rose is a rose is a rose, you haven't seen the roses at Estabrooks. If you've been intimidated by roses in the past, those days are gone with breakthrough varieties like Knockout and Easy Elegance. Roses have never been easier to grow and more disease resistant. Add the beauty, fragrance, and sophistication of roses to your garden this season with a little help from Estabrooks. Now open in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Muspoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselloOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook, and a beautiful Saturday morning, warming up nicely out there. And uh, if you have a question, please don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We have Alan on the phone. Alan, how are you this morning? Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm well. Good. I'm a little cooler than I was yesterday. Yes, it was awful <laughs> yesterday, wasn't it? I like Hawaii or something. <laughs> I know. But... Uh, I've got a question on um, three three plants that are just not blooming. They're they're kind of in their third year, and I'm wondering what's going on. The first one is I, I believe it's the Marisi viburnum. Marisi viburnum. Marisi viburnum. Yeah. yeah, beautiful plant. I just absolutely love it, even if it didn't bloom. But um, <clears throat> it's been in the ground in partial shade for about three years. The first year it bloomed, so I wasn't sure if it was just from the nursery and it was blooming because it. Um, you know, it was full of uh, nutrients. But now, um, you know, the last year I didn't get anything, and this mm-hmm. year I just got one bloom. So mm-hmm. okay. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> is is the is the plant stretching out, you know, like it's it's looking for more sunlight? Is it leaning or? Yeah, it's, it's, it's horizontally growing out. Okay. And would you say the growth is nice, nice and compact, or is it quite lengthy? No, it looks beautiful. Okay. It's really a beautiful plant. Um, you... And I fertilize it just, you know, with some plants on once once a year or so. Okay. What um, do you think, Jim? Hey, Alan. How you doing? Hi. Um, well, I was just wondering, what's your, what's your kind of soil type there? Do you have a good, you know, idea of what your soil is? Is it like sandy or is it clay-like or? 
Um, I would say it's more on the clay side. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I would say it's very acidic because you know pine yeah. and all okay. that. Well, you know, I mean, I could venture a guess. Um, you know, a lot of times when I'm I'm finding that you know clay soils are going to hold more nutrients, and probably the plant just needs to like lean out a little bit. And um, I think you know the plant tone has been a great way to get that plant started. But I would probably you know not fertilize it. Um, if it's looking great right now, I think probably it's kind of uh, holding on to a lot of nitrogen in that soil, and mm-hmm. that's probably keeping it from producing flower buds. Yeah, and especially oh. since it's getting less and less. You know, um, there's is there competition from big trees around there, or uh, there are big trees. I wouldn't call them big. I would yeah. say they're you know, uh, I guess small, okay. uh, but they're they're maybe. Yeah, I don't know, maybe five feet away. Okay, and so you mulch every year. Do you, do you mulch the area pretty, pretty much every I, year? Yeah. I, I do. I, okay. I use the um, yeah. coast of Maine, so right. you know. Um, you yeah. know, I, I've read a few places that it takes some time, but mm-hmm. like I'm getting a little impatient. <laughs> I think it's ri- I think it's really too rich. I yeah. think that's what's going on. Uh, I think that um, you know, coast of Maine compost when you plant is great. Um, dressing around with uh, coast of Maine and perennial areas with it, which are heavy feeders is great. Um, I think the shrub. Um, is just so happy that it's um, high on nitrogen, so to yeah. speak, and it's just producing um, green growth. And I bet if you step back a, a little bit, it would the soil would lean out, and I bet you'd have some better flowering. Yeah, prob- oh, interesting. Probably, I th- I think Jim's on on the right uh, you know train there. Uh, I have a Mauricii in very similar conditions to what you're you know three hours of sun. I do nothing to it, Alan, and it is in full bloom, beautiful mm-hmm. right now. Uh, so you know the and and mine has some good root competition. Uh, sometimes in the summer months, if there's some root competition, some extra water, but probably the plant's so happy it says I don't need to reproduce, so I don't need to flower, I don't need to set right, seed, right. and and that's where we're at. Yeah. Now you don't think that the I have some I have like a playground around. I have some playground chips. You don't think that would be an issue, right? Well, I, I mean, playground chips can, you know, be fairly raw um, mm-hmm. and, and can have some nitrates to them. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's not like broken down, you know, bark mulch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, regular bark mulch would kind of tie up some of the nutrients right. in the soil, uh, where a fresh playground chip may right. have a little bit more tannins in it. Right, but they're not incorporated into the soil. They're yeah. just placed on top, right? It's not like they're mixed into the soil. Is that correct? Right, and it's actually a little bit far away from the playground anyway but yeah. it's, there's some around it so yeah. i don't think that's the case i mm. think we're killing it with kindness mm-hmm. okay. okay well we're not killing it but well, it's not bloom- <laughs> well if it doesn't bloom it's just not working exactly right <laughs> it's no no matter what it's beautiful in the fall yeah. i just absolutely love it so. and, uh, alan i did want to let you know i was going to get to your question i have it sitting in front of me <laughs> on paper and thank you for submitting it and folks you can submit questions on our website at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio you had a couple other things that you needed some help yeah with? yeah if you, if you don't mind yeah no um, absolutely it, it's it's um the, the other one is the the mountain laurel and that thing has done nothing mm. Con- <laughs> conditions you've got it in what what is it? well it's it's in it pretty much maybe gets three hours mm-hmm. of sunlight mm-hmm. um acidic soil mm-hmm. Winter I conditions. What type of winter conditions? Mm, well, it's under a it's under a big uh, hemlock. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, sounds like root competition to me. Yeah. Yeah. How often are you watering it? Uh, root competition. Um, 
watering it uh, maybe once a week thoroughly. That's what I try to do with most everything. Yeah, that's not too bad. No, no. Um, and you're using uh, what kind of fertilizer are you using on it? Got the plantone. Oh, plantone, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so when you put it in, you use the compost. How, how has it been in like three years, three or four years? Is that? It, it, it has. I think last year it maybe had two or three flowers, mm. but that mm. was about it. And it's how, is it a small plant, kind of a? It is. Okay. It's very small. Yeah. I think it's, the, it's called Tinkerbell. Yeah. yeah. Tinkerbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, yeah. so, but again, you know, not a big deal. I just was curious if it, if it ever yeah. going to do anything. Yeah. Well, mountain, blo- mountain laurel, again, mm. those are slow to, slow to build. Um, it's a slow grower. Tinkerbell's a dwarf variety. Um, I, I would probably switch over to a holly tone just to make sure that soil was as acid as it wanted. Holly tone is, you know, specifically designed for the evergreens. Um, you can get away with plant tone on, on every, thing you know but sometimes certain soils if you compost a lot will be more alkaline because of the compost you're using so mm-hmm. i would you know if in, in lack of a soil test i would try holly tone to see if we're getting some more build out of that plant um and i think flowering is going to be uh slow to build so you know i think uh i think holly tone might give you a better option to, for bloom potential though have you been pruning okay. have you been pruning alan I have not. Okay. Um, it just stays the same size. Yeah. And it's, um, well, that, but, hem- uh, that hemlock's going to take the water away almost right. as quick as you give it to the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, they're okay. very, very, they love water. So mm-hmm. when you dug that hole and put that nice little plant in there yeah. and you gave it some nice compost right. and you made that, that hole really rich and, you know, you were watering that plant, that hemlock root system just went right to the water right. and sucked right in there. Right. And so summer watering, extremely, you know, important. And I, I agree with Jim, you know, with the compost and whatnot, we may be a little too alkaline. Um, it's We're finding most of the composts are raising the pH in the soils pretty significantly. Uh, so, you know, get that pH a little lower. Uh, pick up the summer watering, you know, in July and August um, when mm-hmm. it's really dry. Uh, if the plant doesn't have enough water, it's going to probably shut down and stop growing. And that hemlock may be taking a lot of that water away. Even though you're watering once a week in those hot temperatures like we're having this week, you know, give it every other day. You know, even if it's a little bit, and you may find that the growth will pick up significantly. Mountain laurel like warm temperatures to grow. They they put on the most growth in the summer months. Right, and you know? and I think along with what you were saying is that uh, Tom that you know mountain laurel are producing their flower buds you know right after you know their flowers go by, and so if it's a really stressful time in the landscape and there's not a lot of available water, they're not going to produce a flower no. bud. You know, so. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it does. There is an extensive root system that I found out when I was digging around. Oh yeah. Should I move it or just kind of give it more time? Or? You know, if you can get it in a spot that has afternoon shade, you know, they do like a fair amount of sun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but afternoon shade is important for yep. winter protection. Definitely. If it's in more sun, you know, we may need to protect it with four stakes and some burlap around it, um, allowing the snow to fall down in, but shading it a bit in the winter to get it established. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, they bloom better in more sun than shade right um also so if it's a dense shade under that hemlock that might also be part of the case but the root competition is always the number one factor that i look at right okay, okay. yeah that makes sense i do have 
I do have perennials, but I don't think it's, it's as big a deal as it is on the shrub because right. the perennials do pretty good. And that the root system on a mountain laurel is a very fine, fibrous, you know, very fine root system. So it can be invaded by you know tree roots. You know, um, it's a delicate root system compared to a lot of perennials. But okay, um, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And the, the last question is um, snowdrops. Hmm. Um, I, I've planted them and I keep planting them, and they they do nothing. They die. They just <laughs> it's just not yeah. They're not coming up, and I know we've had a lot of snow that's been over them in the spring, and I don't know if that's the issue or so, what. But. So you're talking the galanthus, the little yeah. white? Yeah. Mm. Okay, well, yeah. I, I I covet snowdrops, too, and I I just bought a house a little while ago, and I put some in to, to my landscape, and uh, I learned that they're, they like very low fertility. So when they okay. don't, if they don't, if they're not sticking around, it's because they're too rich. So they want to be, they want to be like on the edges of the property where, you know, they're kind of um, forgotten. Um, they don't like, uh, if you use a lawn fertilizer or rich compost, they're going to disappear. Um, same with okay. Scylla, the blue Scylla, you know, that's another plant yep. that, that I've realized that um, isn't proliferating these these bulbs are um, they like to immediately after they bloom they like to totally dry out, so the best placement for um, for the snowdrops uh, as well for like tulips for instance um, they is uh, under the cover of shrubs so in the spring when the shrub has no leaves the the plant blooms and then when the leaves start coming out on the plant it, the root system seeking the water to push out those those leaves pulls the water away from the bulb. And that bulb wants to dry out right after it blooms. Um, otherwise, it will replicate itself and grow itself to death. If it's too rich or gushy soil, it'll just melt away. So it's yeah. a really interesting um, way to treat. So uh, a little tough love goes a long way. So just kind of treat it almost as a weed. Just, just yeah, you want it like <laughs> yeah, you want them out in the you want them out underneath shrubs where the shrub's gonna like suck that moisture right away from the bulb after it's blooming. Um, mm-hmm. So in, in areas where you have competition or naturalizing um, areas, yeah, in you know. nowhere you don't want to you don't want to snowdrop anywhere where you're gonna drop fertilizer or have plant tone around it because uh, I realized last year that mine weren't coming back and I know exactly why. Mm. I put some under some trees but I was using a root stimulator and I had used some plant tone to get that tree up to size and the bulbs just didn't come back. Yep. Yeah, that, I mean that's what I noticed. That the first year, and I've been putting them in different spots, the first year yeah. they didn't come up at all. This year they came up but they kind of came up and they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. They just kind of right. just I don't know, but I'll, I'll try that. Yeah, yeah. Alan. Yeah. Alan, how? Where are you buying the bulbs? Are you are you, you know, buying them online? I'm buying them from from nurseries, so okay. either yourself or O'Donnell. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, you know, look at the bulbs too. Yeah, you know, make sure they're not really withered, mm-hmm. and you know, they want to be supple. Yeah. Uh, my suggestion is buy them earlier than later. Right. You know, yeah. um, okay. and and house them yourself. Um, yeah. The later they sit on the shelf, you know, the more dry they get. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, what time of year are you planting them? Also, uh, usually in the in the in the fall, I would say mid October. Okay, so that's, that's a good, that's a perfect time yeah. frame. You know, not and too early. Um, keep your eye on. Make sure we're not we don't have a lot of warm temperatures for a long period. Make sure we're you know getting pretty cool in the evenings. Yeah, you know, right. around freezing or or below. Yeah. Now the only the only other thing is it's it's um, I would say maybe five feet away from the road, and mm-hmm. as you know that the mm-hmm. snow gets piled up on the sides. Right. So. 
before you know this this thing's under snow for quite a while. Right. I don't know if that has much to do with it or yeah or, or what. I mean, salt might be an issue, but right. I, I mean they're pretty resilient. <clears throat> uh, you know, they're one of the first things that kind of pops up after the snow disappears. Yeah, so. right. I think it's probably okay. a richness yeah. issue. I think it's probably overly rich. Yep. Okay. And it seems like a common theme with, with all the plants I've talked about, so I should... I think you're just mind. doing you're being, a great job. Yeah, you're, you're, just, you're, just, you're loving them too much, I think. <laughs> okay. It could be worse. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Thanks for the Alan. call. Okay, have a good day. You too. If you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back for more of the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening. Uh, it is a beautiful Saturday morning out there. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and we're here with Jim Massey from uh, Yarmouth, nursery manager in Yarmouth. Such a big job you have. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps us busy, doesn't That's it? That's right. Many hands in the pot. So I want to thank Alan for uh, calling in. That's Alan great. has called multiple times. Uh, don't hesitate to call if you have a question, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. And we're going to talk a little bit more about pests that are showing up in the in the yard and the one thing I wanted to kind of bring to everyone's attention, because I think it's that time of year, is mm. lily leaf beetle. Oh, right. <laughs> they seem to show up early this year. Mm. All of a sudden, they were 
everywhere. And in this yeah. hot weather, I'm sure mm-hmm. they're actively right. feeding. And, actively and what feeding. are they? What are they? They're on. Oh, what? Are, oh, Asiatic and Oriental lilies, absolutely. Yeah. No yeah. day lilies. They don't though. hand. They don't. They're very plant specific. Right. So only Asiatic and Oriental. So if you don't have those, you're good. But if yep. you have those, you might want to be, you know, doing some close inspection. That right now. little orange beetle. Right. You know, yep. it's very active. You'll see holes yep. in the buds mm-hmm. and at the top of the plant, and mm-hmm. it works its way down the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, lily leaf beetle. We don't sell. Asiatic and Oriental lilies anymore, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, partly because we were really having a tough time keeping plants clean. Yeah, keeping them looking good, and you know, with the beetle infestation, it was becoming hard. Yeah, there's nothing like a nice Asiatic nothing and Oriental like lily. No, nothing, you know. There's, nope. and it's very unfortunate if you are fortunate enough to have them. Mm-hmm. You know, cherish them because yep. they're they're a fabulous plant. Absolutely, yeah. But we we can spray for them. We can root drench for them. Yeah. There's a whole host of things. Yeah. We have made a choice as a company to just say, you know, it's just not worth it anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, you as a gardener need to make that choice. I personally like them. Mm-hmm. I won't hesitate to put some in my yard. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have them any, any in there right now. Right, right. Um, but... It is gonna. You're gonna have to be proactive. This yeah. is a very aggressive insect, mm-hmm. isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And it it, it um, affects the plant in a couple of ways. You know, the they emerge out of the soil in the spring. They begin to feed on the foliage. They lay eggs. You know, and then um, the adults disappear. And then you're left with this the the larva underneath mm. the leaf that look like this black, you know, gummy mess. And in fact, they're encased in their own. Feces, you know, it's a mm-hmm. very attractive insect. And then they feed <laughs> underneath the leaf to continue to um, defoliate the plant. Right. And they can really affect the plant to where they won't bloom anymore. Um, the bulb will start to split off into many bulbs. So you really need that one single bulb with all its energy to give you that right. that flower. So right. like I say. So that's yeah. that's a, a major concern out mm-hmm. there, folks. You want to... Yeah. Go out and inspect and look mm-hmm. at the, in this hot weather. They're definitely going to be very active. Mm-hmm. The other thing is Asian beetle. Yeah. That's kind of a new yeah. new one in the last few years. Um, I've noticed them popping up in, at my house. Uh, you know, I'm finding that plant, that, that beetle, um, likes a more freely drained soil, mm. you know, like a sandier soil. Um, it, it eats, it's called the Asian copper beetle. It's um, similar to a Japanese beetle. Uh, as far as um, the type of beetle it is, it's yeah, a, scar- a scarab type beetle, um, but it has the the. It looks almost like a little um, red bean. Mm-hmm. You know, it has a very rounded nature to it. Um, beautiful kind of coppery color. Yeah, you'll find them at night flying around your um, outdoor lights a lot or on the screens right now. Um, they're just a, they're just going to be emerging. I haven't seen any evidence of it yet, but right. they're going to be emerging in the next, you know, week and a half, probably two weeks. So keep your eyes peeled. They defoliate basil. Right. Um, they just make it lace leaf. They um, defoliate marigolds. Um, they actually uh, feed at night so you don't see the, the insect during the day. So um, what I do is inspect my plants in the evening. You know, I mm-hmm. poke around. You know, I'll, I'll find them as I'm digging through the yard and squash them as I come upon them. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a couple ways you can defend against those. There's mm-hmm. diatomaceous earth. There's a myriad of sprays, um, um, very effective controls that you can use. And uh, 
um, it's a, a challenge, that little guy, because uh, when you get up and your basil's almost gone, um, you know, <laughs> it's a sad day. It's, it's sad, you know. Kind of throws that uh, company. And that's not normal for insects, right. folks, you know. Yeah. So uh, I think the biggest place we've had people complaining right. about it has been cemeteries. Oh, that's true as well because of that freely drained, sandy soil. Absolutely. You know, yeah. a lot of po- folks yeah. have had problems. You yeah. know, they've always planted geraniums yeah. and marigolds mm-hmm. and all these right. other things, and they come Cosmos, back. Yeah. And it's gone. It's gone. It's yeah. just defoliated, and right. they can't All the see. Things, they can't yeah. see any type of insect. Right. Uh, I'm not right. sure. Does the insect go back into the ground during? It the goes day? back into the ground for the day. So you know, right. a systemic you know drench yeah, in the soil during drench, the day. You know, is a yeah. good way to yeah. go. Yeah. But that's it's like right. a magician it just kind of you know right. appears and disappears and uh and being mm-hmm. at feeding at night that's not normal for our insects that we typically deal with in the landscape right it's kind of like the so if you're having same type of problems where mm-hmm. you know you think my gosh what is going on with my plants right. it can't be a deer i don't see any deer tracks <laughs> you know um it could be asian beetle right and you know anytime you have a question or you have damage in the yard you can come into you know any of our gardens centers and bring a sample if you can or, or snap a picture of the damage on your phone if you can i know um you know that's that's very helpful with us to kind of get you to a, a path of diagnosis so definitely smartphones have made a big difference in in our day-to-day life um, you know pictures are always good mm-hmm. more information is good right. even if you're coming in for you know doing some landscaping right. around the yard mm-hmm. bring some pictures yeah, um, absolutely. If, if you can a lot of times it's nice to print them out also well right because we can draw on the photograph you right. know um even if you email to me email to me at you know estabrooks on jim at estabrooks online.com I, I could print them out you right. know when you come in um it just helps with the visual to be able to draw on that photograph right. to kind of give you some ideas right. yeah so um, certainly you know pictures are always worth a thousand words yeah. mm-hmm. um, right you know and then and then boxwood blight boxwood blight's oh. kind of been <sighs> something that's kind of shown right. up um, we haven't had a lot of problems with it here, but it, yeah. it, it, we have had uh, one or two people bring it in this this spring. I have n- I've never seen it personally until right. this year, and um, so you know some of these things you don't think are really going to happen to you, you know, um, and it seems like it's happening here. Um, so, boxwood blight. I saw my first case in the last couple of days. It was it looked just textbook. Um, it was on. A variety of boxwood that's um, susceptible to it, an English type of, of boxwood, um, and uh, but there are varieties that um, don't aren't affected um, by the by the blight, which is uh, a couple of varieties that we carry: green mountain and green velvet. So those are boxwoods that we haven't seen to be um, an issue. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot of control, and you correct me if I'm wrong, for boxwood blight. Um, a lot of uh, you know, it's a very intensive spray program for it. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, my general right. feeling is that it's probably eradication is the best best route. Right? So. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's hard for people because yeah. if you have those those varieties. Yeah, I mean, boxwood blight, you'll get some blackening, some spotting on the leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you'll you'll see in decline. There'll be a bunch of dropping leaves. Yeah, uh, it primarily yeah. attacks sempervirens varieties, mm-hmm, exactly. species yep. types. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sell green mountain and green velvet and yeah. a few other varieties that have become, you know, they're touting resistant. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, you know, luckily sempervirens is not that hardy here in Maine. Right. But 
a lot of the box stores sell mm-hmm. Sempervirens. Exactly, yeah. And that's, you know, we don't sell any Sempervirens. Right. Okay, we only sell the hardier hybrids. Right. Um, so, you know, use a reputable company, uh, mm-hmm. make sure and buy varieties that are not susceptible. Right. Um, Sempervirens is cheaper, but, you know, it it is something that you want to yeah. buy the right variety. Yeah, it's commonly available, but it just is a variety that doesn't stand up to our environment right. as much as we'd like right. it to. Yeah. It's a much bigger problem down mm-hmm. south, folks, but, right. you know, let's keep an eye on it. This, you know, hot and humid weather with mm-hmm. thunderstorms is perfect conditions for it. There's not a yeah. lot we can do, but uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth-life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. You know those people in your neighborhood with the great garden? If you look closely, they're probably using plenty of perennial plants. And when it comes to perennials, gardeners agree. Esther Brooks is the place to go for the very best. All perennials and ground covers are now 20% off at Esther Brooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. So now is the perfect time to visit and get started. Plant a few today. You'll notice the difference immediately. And so will your neighbors. To learn more, visit EstherBrooksOnline.com. Esther Brooks for the joy of gardening. The best thing about lilacs is their amazing fragrance. The worst thing about lilacs is that it doesn't last very long. A very special lilac from Estabrooks is here to solve that problem. Bloomerang Lilac is a revolutionary new plant that provides that classic lilac fragrance for months instead of weeks by blooming in the spring and then again in the summer. This is one plant you need to smell to believe. See it in person at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Esther Brooks. Another beautiful Saturday. A little warm out there, but not a, not warm enough to not get out there and garden at least early or late in the day. Come on in the garden center. Uh, we've got a bunch of things going on, but we're talking with Jim Massey, uh, nursery manager at Esther Brooks in Yarmouth, and we've been talking about some insects and diseases kind of going on. And the last thing I wanted to kind of wrap up with about this topic was kind of iris borer because it's iris time they're beautiful right yeah it is um and iris borer can be a challenge you know um all of a sudden your iris are in that perfect state and then they tend to topple over on the top Mm -hmm. or um there's a couple different borers that affect irises Mm -hmm. um you know the german iris get a whole different bore in the um rhizome Mm -hmm. Um, and there's another bore that affects Siberians and some of the Japanese. So um, just kind of careful inspection is right. really important right now. Um, some people jab the little guy with a you know a paper, paper clip, clip or, or something. Or, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's you know a valid control. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know using some type of um, you know either a drench you know or uh, or uh, a granule as well. Like yep. a systemic granule would certainly 
help right. with iris borer. And yeah, they're kind of a problem that you know doesn't always affect the whole clump of plants. Right. You know, yeah. if you notice right. it, it can be eradicated if right. you notice it. You right. Know? So, you know, the iris are just amazing right now. Right. Uh, yeah. Actually, on the drive-in this morning, yeah. we saw some beautiful clumps that yeah. were just mm-hmm. in full bloom. The Germans yeah. are just exactly. unbelievable yeah. right now. It's their time right now. Yeah. 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 And, and in the nursery, they, they look amazing. The buds are nice and fat. Mm-hmm. All, there's a bunch that are open. Yeah. Uh, you know, huge color selection on yeah. those, too. Yeah, very nice color know. selection. Yeah. Uh, and and uh but you know that's certainly you know something we want to keep an eye out so yeah. you know consistently yeah. um looking at your plants getting out there and inspecting them always important mm-hmm. and kind of i want to wrap up the show with you jim let's talk about just some tried and true you know tried oh, and true perennials yeah. always do well yeah. you know um for that right. you know new gardener that right. wants to be successful and make Absolutely, sure that yeah. you know uh, there's got to be 10 or 12 plants here we can quickly go over. Yeah, yeah. Um, peonies. We talked a lot about peony today. It's their time. It's a big plant for June. Um, big, large flowers. You know, you don't have to divide them for, you know, upwards of, you know, 100 years, really. I mean, peonies right. don't ever have to be divided if you don't have to. Yeah. Um, easy to grow, usually. Most people have success. It's limited that people don't have success with peony. Um, you know, Big hitter for me would be as well later in the season, a late bloomer would be, you know, um, you know, Goldstrom or any of the uh, Rudbeckias, you know, late summer color, beautiful black, you know, black eyed Susan um, flowers of the perennial form is a really great grower. you know, easy to grow, tried and true. Mm-hmm. The worst problem is spittle bug, and you blast them off with the hose right. sometimes. Easy. You know, easy to take care of. Um, there's so many sedums too you right. know uh there's multiple color foliage there's purple foliage there's creepy ones there's there's uh upright ones um there's a beautiful autumn autumn charm which mm-hmm. is a new one this year um autumn charm is actually sorry last year's and autumn delight is a new sedum this year which is kind of like a striped green and yellow foliage but you know, dry soils to any any soil seeding can pretty much, you know, rise to the occasion. Great so. show for late summer, too. Good Absolutely. foliage all summer, yep. but great show late exactly. in the season. Yep. Late, late summer bloom. Yep. Um, Daylilies. Daylilies, right. I mean, a myriad of different varieties. Uh, there, There's some really improved pinks. You know, there's one called Stephanie Returns, which mm. is a great repeat bloomer. Um, and they've improved daylily, so the flowers actually stay open longer as well. So most of the varieties that we carry, they're going to have extended bloom. It means the flower is going to be open, you know, into the evening. So instead of them closing up, you know, right after you close the car door after work. You Absolutely. Know, you, yeah. you can enjoy them sitting in your yard now, you right. know, instead of uh, only on the weekends. A so. lot of updated new varieties right. of daylilies Tried and true, year. tough as nails, yeah. you know. So. Well, Jim, I'd like to thank you for coming into the studio today it's been great i'm sure we can get you back again um you know a lot of things going on in the garden right now you know uh a a couple things i wanted to kind of wrap the show up with the gardens are growing very quickly at this point things are blooming maintenance is a key 
Um, really important at this point to start thinking about pruning your boxwoods, your ewes, you know, some of those things. Uh, getting out there, doing some proactive weeding. Uh, now is the time. With this hot weather, weed seeds are being thrown everywhere. So get out there and cultivate your garden. Uh, I was doing it last night at 8 o'clock, and my wife was like, what are you doing out here? Are you crazy? But this hot weather, it's nice. Right at that time, it was getting down as around 65, 70 degrees. The mosquitoes were slow lightly carrying me off after this nice hot humid weather but the last thing I wanted to talk about was hanging baskets because hanging baskets are always the thing that take it the toughest when it's really hot so be very cautious get out there water your hanging basket probably twice today if for some reason you've gone away and you have forgotten to water your basket and you come back and it's quite wilted I want you to go to our Facebook page I did a segment with Cindy Williams last night on Channel 6. Um, our video is posted there. It tells you what to do and how to make sure and go ahead and get that plant to rebound. A lot of times the soil will suck away from the side of the pot and the water will run right through the pot and it's actually not watering the plant. So, you know, a good quick way, three minutes, you can learn about how to go ahead and fix that hanging basket. By the time we get to 4th of July... It's time to probably replace that basket. So come back in, buy a fresh basket. That will last you the rest of the summer. Take that nice plant you bought at Mother's Day, take it out of the pot, trim it back a bit, put it either in the ground, plant it in the ground, or go ahead and plant it in a nice big pot, and you'll enjoy it all the way until frost. But hanging baskets are not meant to last the whole summer. If you think you can... You are a magician. You're a genius. You are a garden god. I can't do it. I don't think you can. But we have a fresh crop that comes in around mid-July every year, and it's important that you refresh your baskets. Um, it's a beautiful Saturday out there. It's going to be a little warm, but true gardeners aren't afraid of the heat. I'll be in the Yarmouth store all day today, and uh, please come in, say hello. It's always nice to know that you're listening out there, and don't hesitate. Give us a call next week, and uh, visit us at sbrooksonline.com backslash radio. Have a wonderful, wonderful Saturday. Enjoy a beautiful weekend. WLOB Portland and WLOBRadio.com.